A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. Thank you for your patronage and enjoy the show. Pinkies up. Pinkies out. Pinkies up, dude. Um, <laughs> Pinkies up, yeah. So welcome to uh, our very first movie review. Uh, uh-huh. Jerry had at the movies, at the recovery movies, at the at the halfway house movies, at the. So Jerry had the idea that we should watch some recovery movies and do some do some reviews of them. What we think, or maybe not even recovery movies, just movies that portray alcoholism, but not in a fun party animal house way. Right, or even I mean that too. I'm kind of curious as to yeah, um, you know, just because there's there's always. There was some fun back there, yeah. But again, I'm not. We're not trying to encourage that necessarily. Well, I mean, you should have yeah. have whatever fun you want to have. But do um, what you got to do. But it, like I said before, if you're listening to this podcast, you you should be doing what you got to do. <laughs> so our first movie we decided to uh, start with, um, again, movies portraying alcohol is Everything Must Go. Mm-hmm. Everything Must Go was a 2011 uh, movie with starring Will Ferrell. Um, and I don't know if there's any other big stars in it. Uh, Steven Root plays a small part. Steven Root's in it. Yeah. Uh, the, I want it, the little boy is someone significant, but I kind of want to talk about it when we get to his okay. part in the movie. Yeah. So, cause it, I, it was out anyway. Yeah. So these, right. the, uh, I'll give you a quick synopsis. 2011. Um, it's about a guy who is a regional vice president at some sales marketing he's he's a pretty high up business dude and the movie starts with him basically getting fired uh yeah. it turns out that he had an issue in denver well and if you haven't watched the movie go watch the movie before you listen to this if you don't want it to be ruined but he had an issue in denver there was some drinking he's had problems in the past at, at his work for drinking and they fire him they let him go and on his way home um you know he he tries to plead for his job and and uh, that nope, not doing it. He's like, I've been clean for six months, I think he says, or something like that. And yeah, so it's yeah, it's actually a trip because in the beginning of the movie, when they shit can him, they they t- he's been to rehab a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's had problems in the past. But go ahead. Yeah, Nick Halsey is his name. Nick Halsey, yes. And so yeah. he he's driving home, and one of the things he gets he puts he pulls a flask out of his trunk, and um, right. so he drives home. <clears throat> Sees all his shit out on the lawn. Everything he owns is out on the lawn. The doors have been, the locks have been changed. His wife leaves him a note saying, we're done, we're through, I don't want to be with you. And he decides to, um, to, he doesn't know what to do. Uh, they've frozen all, she's frozen all the assets. So he's like, I right. guess I'm just going to sleep with my stuff on the lawn. And right. it's kind of his um, journey. He meets a young kid who in the neighborhood right. and about like everything must go. He ultimately... Um, you know, and just how he deals with alcoholism, how he deals with all his stuff on the lawn and the people he meet, including the right. neighborhood kid, um, you know, his, his friend. And I, I, it seems like it's his sponsor is what the, is the right. So, but yeah. So the way it's Michael Pena, mm. Michael Pena is badass. Yeah. He's a police detective, but the way it starts is they shit can him mm-hmm. for being drunk. And uh, they're doing like this flashback scene where he's in his car reflecting on getting shit canned. And then he takes the flask out and he hits it. And that is like some power. That moment right there, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, dude. Right. That's it. Because there's a moment of resignation. You know, there's this like resignation in his character. And then he hits the flask and you can see like the relief kind of hit him for a yeah. second. Like he's pushed the button, you know. And then it's just right back to business as usual. You know what I yeah. mean? Like That was yeah, a, that was and, a powerful and, moment. He stabs, he slashes the tire, his boss's tire with a Swiss Army knife with his name on it that they give him for firing his ass, and it gets stuck in the tire. He can't pull it he out. He can't pull it out. He's got his name yeah, on and it. And these women are coming, so he bounces, right? Mm-hmm. And they give him the company car. They say, you got it for a week. And then he, because I just watched this. I was folding laundry watching mm-hmm. this movie being like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, so he ends up at home, and, and the reason... um why the movie's called Everything Must Go is because the detective, his sponsor, and his wife's sponsor, it turns out his wife is also in recovery. Mm-hmm. She's, They have a conversation where he says, oh, she's coming up on a year, you know, and he's got like six months. And he relapses right before Denver. He relapses in Denver. He right. recounts his story. But maybe I'm popping too far forward no. ahead. 
But this police detective, the cops come, tell him you gotta get your shit all off the lawn. You can't be out here getting fucked up. But on he's the got lawn. nowhere to go. He has literally no money, nothing. Nothing, because they froze his assets. They take the company car because he decides to stab his boss's tire. And his boss, by the way, is Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in yes. Philadelphia. It's Glenn Howerton. Mm-hmm. So he gets shit canned by Dennis. <laughs> and uh, the the detective, who's his wife's sponsor, and I guess, well, who's his sponsor, Yeah, um, tells him, you know what? I found this technicality that if you're having a yard sale, you can have all your shit out in the yard, you know? So he basically lives in his yard for a period of like four days. Mm-hmm. And it just, or maybe five, <clears throat> but it's this total fucking rock bottom downward spiral. And it's a very interesting movie. One of the first... Uh... Well, the first time before when he still has the car and he's he's like, I got to stop by the, the convenience store and I got to get some something to drink. And he drinks beer. Yeah, that's and right. um, yeah. my favorite part in that spot is he rolls up and he goes into the You see it's kind of a, a middle mid shot. And um, he goes into the cooler and he grabs a 12 pack of PBR. Mm-hmm. And it, this the camera stays there for like half for, for like a second and a half. And then he goes back into the cooler and he's kind of like futzing around with something and he pulls another six pack out. And yeah. I remember that mm-hmm. feeling of like, is this going to be enough? I don't know if this is going to be enough. This is right. probably not going to be enough. Even if it is enough, I'm going to need more. <laughs> and, hoarding booze, right? And yeah. the hoarding of booze. And it reminded me because I used to, I, I used to do that a lot in different yeah, ways. Same here. <clears throat> and I don't know. I think you were there. And I remember one time. When I lived in the Flint Ridge apartment, so this is probably 1999 before you and I moved into that house um, up on the hill. And um, and I remember all of us sitting around super broke and um, I was like, hey, I got something. And I pulled this like box of this like 24 pack of Budweiser or something like that or 36. Uh-huh. It was some big ass box like they used to sell them in these big boxes. And I pulled it out yeah. of my closet like I'd been saving it. Right. <laughs> and I'm Dude. only like 22 or something. But at the same uh-huh. time, it's like, why couldn't I just put beer in the fridge? Because, you know, <laughs> treasure trove right there. So Did you see the <laughs> smile come over my face when you said it because I remember. Yeah. That. I and so it was it. like and I don't think that any at that point. I mean, I guess we all had our specific kind of drinks that we like to drink. But it was like if everyone's broken, there's no booze like, yeah, we'll drink warm Budweiser. It was Beer's like, got alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was all this thing like, Johnny, what a Boy Scout. You really come prepared. This, and Seriously, dude, it was this moment, this smile. I don't know if that's like a good side or not, but the smile of remembering that. Mm-hmm. Not with just fondness, but also like, yes, yes, that was the score. Like, oh, beer has alcohol in it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. If so, it's warm, who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, and it was just this. I'll put fu- ice in a glass and drink it on ice. I don't even yeah. know how I got it in the house, like, because I didn't have a car. And why? I don't know. Anyhow, we might have drove you. I think we had a car. Maybe. And I just re- no. Me and Co- me and Homeboy did not have a car. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that that feeling of like, is it going to be enough? And there was plenty more where I would always get a little mm-hmm. extra because you never know. And if you run out, got to stock up. When you run out, well, sh- what are you going to do? You know, I'll have sweat. To walk all the way back. Very interesting scene when he comes out of the store and those two high school students are like, hey, will you buy us some beer? Mm-hmm. And he's like, aren't you guys too young to be drinking beer? And the high school kid says, aren't you old to be drinking a Slurpee Gray Balls? <laughs> and he calls them Gray Balls. And that shit made me laugh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. He that's like, good. swipes us, you know, he's like, fuck you or whatever. And they have their confrontation, but it's Gray Balls. Yeah. What's up, Gray Balls? It's good. It's good. But it's a really, and it's also a very, um, humiliating moment for him you know because the kid like slaps the slurpee off the the car and he doesn't Mm -hmm. do anything he just gets in because the only thing that's important at that point is getting the beer and getting it in you you know so it's like Mm -hmm. i will deal with the humiliation from this kid i just need to get the fuck in my car and get to where i can drink my beer that's a great take i didn't take that from it like because i just remember like yeah yeah, it was just very you know humiliating and like he's he's not yeah. really he's just he's just puffing up he's not really going to uh to fight well, him or no. anything well because he's got to get the booze in his mm-hmm. body and he's already had a couple of drinks so i imagine his survival instinct is like if i start shit with these two guys i'm gonna go to jail they're gonna take my booze because i've already been drinking and i'm driving around yeah and in my notes it's actually funny because mm-hmm. when i realized that 
it, where it took place, I just wrote Arizona sucks in all capitals <laughs> in my fucking name. I was going to... Because I was born and yeah. raised in Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, and I spent a lot of time drunk in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, Arizona sucks. This is just in my notes. Yeah. Um. So he gets back to the lawn. He pulls the car up, and he's got mm-hmm. his beer. And right. um, there was a moment where, I guess in that first night, maybe, that he kind of is just picking things up and looking at things. And I, I felt like there was a certain level of, I don't know if, I don't know if they intended it or not, but that sort of examining your life through your stuff. Yeah, I could see it. There's a couple of things that happen in those mm-hmm. first, that first day, because when he gets there, it's that they throw in the preg, the pregnant lady. Right. One of my notes I wrote is neighborhood, uh, neighbor prego, prego lady. <laughs> prego. So there's the, the yes, there's this very, name, but... very beautiful, um, woman across like a teacher. Yeah. Photographer, yeah. student or, or photographer, teacher. Yeah. Teacher. And, um, so she's across the way and he kind of notices her and cause mm-hmm. she just moved in and he's kind of. Not in any sort of creepy way, but you know, he just no. like, oh, there's somebody across the way, and he's I out took on the it lawn. As like of kind of this metaphor for him seeing the new beginning. Like there's this other person who's starting their life across the street where his version of his life is ending. Yeah. So he's looking at the end of what his version of his life is, and looking at this woman who's this kind of maybe not hope necessarily, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the promise of of a, new beginnings, new shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I want to figure out her character's name so I don't refer to her but, as Prego the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, so he's just kind of, I'm, I just love this. And the lighting is really cool in this movie too. Yes. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's, I don't know, if, I, I don't know who did this, Samantha. the cinematography, Samantha, but mm-hmm. I, I there were some really great shots both in the dark and at night. And I know that Arizona is known for those like it's sunsets. For and light, right? yeah. Even in suburban areas, you just get this beautiful light. Um, but there was uh it's just him picking up things and this really kind of this sad moment of him walking around drinking a beer and looking mm-hmm. at his stuff and kind of uh, the idea of examining your life well and then kenny shows up that's the little kid i right. like kenny he's mm-hmm. the homie dude so here's the thing i learned about kenny i kept looking at him like that kid looks hella fucking familiar i don't know where i can't place him he looks like biggie smalls that mm-hmm. kid looks just like Biggie Smalls. And then at the end of the movie, his name is Christopher C.J. Wallace. And, it, and Christopher Wallace is Biggie Smalls' name. That's Biggie Smalls' son. Really? Yeah, and he's also the dude who he played little Biggie Smalls in the Notorious mm-hmm. movie. So I was like, dang, this kid could pass for fucking Biggie Smalls. Turns out he's Biggie Smalls' kid, and he's only been in like three movies. And one was about his dad, and he played his dad in And you know what's funny about yeah. Notorious? That was uh, a movie that... At your wedding in the hotel, drunk as fuck, a bunch of us, I don't know if you were there or not, but we put it on. No, I was getting my wife pregnant. Go ahead. (laughs) But we put it on. I don't remember watching even half of it, but I just remember like, yeah, we're going to order up Notorious. We're going to watch Notorious and get down. (laughs) They're going to play the whole song Juicy. We're going to dance to the fucking soundtrack. Um, So he meets the kid, right? And then he tells the kid. We watch my shit because I got to go get more beer. Because apparently he's like already out. I got to get more. He's already out. Yeah, yeah he's already day. worked it. Oh, this must be the next mm-hmm. day, right? He passes out and then all the fucking shit goes off. Yeah, you're right. This is the next day because he just passes out that night and then all the sprinklers and shit go off and soak him and he's mm-hmm. got the whole fight and then so he can't find his car keys so he rides the kid's bike yeah. to the fucking store, dude. Mm-hmm. And that as well resonated with me like a motherfucker. That's what I was going to ask you about Very about. Going across the fucking Arizona desert, desert to get to booze, get booze and this with no car, just. And then you didn't have man. a bike, even did you? No, I just had my fucking batas. I just had my two feet, man. And just, how how far was it? It was like round trip. It was like almost six miles. So it was like almost three miles each way in you, like a hundred and some degree heat. You walked. You walked three miles. To get a bottle of whiskey, <laughs> six trip, miles, almost six. I only had enough for the bottle of Evan Williams too, like, and I did it more than once. I did it a couple times, pretty hungover, because my wife would bounce. She'd take off, go to Nogales, mm-hmm. south of us, and leave me there, and I would have just enough money to get to get Evan Williams and cigarettes, and that was it. And I couldn't get like the the handle. I had to get like the fifth. Ugh. And of course, I'm all alone in the house. Of course, I'm gonna tear the lid off of it. So I'm like, damn, I gotta figure out a way to get another fifth 
now because I drank three quarters of it. And last she was night. leaving on like work or doing something else, right? Or no, going home was... to visit family, right, okay. doing photo shoots, just kind of making. It wasn't. It kinda... wasn't like a blowout fight or anything. I just want to no, make sure that. Nah. Okay. Um, nah. I was just alone a lot. Yeah. In Arizona, yeah, because I didn't want to do the shit she did. I wanted to get hammered. So that trip of him on the bike, mm-hmm. sweating like a motherfucker to go to the, <laughs> and the kid goes. Where you go? And he goes to the liquor store. And he goes, why don't you go to the Mini Mart? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll go there. Because they have liquor at the Mini Mart in mm-hmm. Arizona. I don't know if that's – that's a novelty for us in the Pacific Northwest. Right. You know, but yeah. So that's on my notes. On a bike, that effort for beer, but not but not for a U-Haul van. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing, too, when he still had money. At one point, I'm like, get a U-Haul. Just put all that shit in a U-Haul. But, you know, that idea like stubborn, of, like I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. That idea of of taking handling business is is not really yeah, that being stubborn, but also that idea of like, it's too much work, man. I don't want to fucking do this. I just want to drink. Right. Getting a U-Haul would be getting getting in my way. Um, But yeah. And the way back and he gets they take the car and the car's got all his shit in it, all his right. ID, any sort of anything that he might have. So now he's basically trapped on the right. on the lawn he has nowhere to go and um he doesn't want to sell anything and some people come by and he's like no man i'm not selling not for sale right well the cops show up too mm-hmm. that's when this is when the crux of the story happens because there's another great line that i've written down because i wrote quotes from this movie because they kind of yeah. cracked me up where the cops like how much have you had to drink and he's like in my opinion not enough <laughs> you know and he's sitting there just pounding a pbr and uh, that's when the detective shows up Pena mm-hmm. and Pena's like, "Yo, dude, you can call this a yard sale, but you need to get your shit together." You got three days. You know, I don't. Three days, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, when he's leaving, he says, "Dude, by the way, you're a good sponsor." He says to uh, uh, Frank, "Is Pena's name?" He says, "You're a good sponsor," and Frank's like, "Nah, dude, I'm not." You know, mm-hmm. like, cause in his heart, he's like, "Fuck, dude, like, look where you're at. I'm not doing that great." As right, know? like he's internalizing it, which thus begins my weird issue with this movie and mm-hmm. its recovery and its portrayal of recovery and the program. Right, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, I would like to I'd be curious about that because that was my my thought too. Was that well, what is sponsorship and what does it mean to the person being the sponsor and the sponsee? Right. It's this like rough, loose thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's like talks about his wife when the dude's walking away, and he's like, "Yo, she's almost got a year," and he's like, "Yeah, I know, I talked to her," and he's like, "By the way, you're a good sponsor," and he's like, "No, I'm not," and it's almost like this weird thing of like him shouldering the burden of his sponsee right. drinking, <clears throat> but it's not really the sponsor's responsibility because alcoholics drink it's what we do it's a fucking miracle we go 24 hours so right. you know like i can understand how it's human nature for a sponsor to be like fuck my person went back out i fucked up you know mm-hmm. that's totally human nature but at the end of the day it's that's their choice that's what they do if they decide yeah. not to hit you up that's not your fault dude you know what i mean you, I th- you're not in charge of anybody else's sobriety and then yeah and the thing that i that i the way that i understand it too is that part of in this, in the in the in the program that we that we uh, prescribe to, that the sponsoring of somebody, helping somebody through it, helping somebody get sober, is just as much, if not more, for yourself. So whether yeah. or not they succeed, it is you going through the steps, you going through the um, you know, starting over from the beginning. You know, as you know, you start your day, or you start with another person, another guy. And, um, so it's really about keeping yourself sober more so than it is about the other person. So it does Mm -hmm. sort of, um, mischaracterize it a little bit. Yeah, it kind of does. But see, this is why I like doing these. We're going to, I'm going to (laughs) enjoy doing these movie reviews because I feel like they really don't characterize it well, but it's also this fucking secret cult that we're not allowed to talk about. (laughs) Cult's the wrong word. That's a joke, by the way. That's a little humor on my part. (laughs) more of like a secret society kind of club and it's not even that secret not oh, really shit. all you got to do is just go yeah yeah but i think it isn't portray each it's very individualized too though like each yeah. person has their own experience with it so their own takeaway is different so, so um so then what happens next in the movie so he meets the kid and he starts hanging out with the kid right the they do the whole like they take the recycling bins full of beer that weird creepy guy comes and buys a bottle of mouthwash from mm-hmm. him for 50 uh. cents <laughs> And uh, the kid says, um, "You teach me how to play baseball." And he's like, "Man, well, right? You don't want? I don't want to 
he doesn't really want to teach him to play baseball. The kid kind of bothers him, but he's like, well, I need to sell this stuff, right? And he's a salesman, yeah. but he's like, I need to sell this stuff, but he doesn't really want to sell any of it. So the kid starts helping him a little bit, um, and uh, he he has an argument. Well, so so wait, so they they sell a few things. He you see lots of Will Ferrell like setting up this like shower kind of in the backyard area, right? Mm-hmm. And with the hose and. He goes in the back and he kicks in the back door and he's feeding the fish and, and whatnot. And he kind of right. develops this friendship with this pregnant woman from across the right. way. This is where we're going. He starts talking to her about um, his family and his dad and like his dad being a mm-hmm. DJ. And then he had said that quote that you like. Oh, yeah. And so I kept my ears open for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a great. So, yeah, one of the things absolutely. is he's got a bunch of vinyl on the on the lawn and the, the woman comes over and she's looking through. She's like, wow, this is really cool. My dad was a DJ. And he's t- talking about his dad, and and she says, "Oh, your dad sounds like a really interesting person." And the quote that I loved was, um, "He says uh, he was he was more of a drunk who occasionally did interesting things." Yeah, and I was like, "That was me." Yes, that was you. I was gonna say that resonated because that was you, and that was kind of me too. Mm-hmm. But more like I thought of you because you were like. I was just a drunk that did interesting things occasionally, like, and know, I was, like, but I occasionally, mm-hmm. and so because yeah. I always thought of myself, and I think I think it's an alcoholic thing to do to think of yourself as more interesting and fantastic right. and amazing and mm-hmm. and smart and funnier than you actually are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the self centered fucking affliction we mm-hmm. have here, and that affliction is the affliction of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and um, um, I just, but I really like that quote because it rings so true about like, and that's how people see it. They're like, yeah, he, you know, he he did some cool things, but he was mostly drunk, and that's what I remember, and that's the feeling that I keep right about that person. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into detail about his relapse, and he was basically saying he had been sober six months. They went to Denver to close some deal, some businessman deal. Mm-hmm. I said it with air quotes. They go to celebrate the deal, and he says, what's the big deal? What's one glass of champagne to celebrate a deal? And then that's – also, I made notes of that because I was like, it's just like that one fucking – what's the big deal? It's just one drink. Mm -hmm. But then if you drink – if you're an alcoholic, you drink alcoholically, it's never one drink. It never is the one drink. No. It is and isn't. You know what I mean? Like it is the one drink, but Mm -hmm. it's never just one drink. That's where he recounts the tale of – cheating on his wife with this woman mm-hmm. and then this woman pressing sexual assault charges against him and then boom, and not remembering any of it like doesn't he just, remember any of it right so all this stuff happens and she's at that point i think she's a little put off by it the the neighbor and she's well, kind of yeah, like I mean, oh wow kicking it with this dude who's hammered in a koi <laughs> pot and he's like by the way i may have sexually assaulted someone you're like okay cool i gotta i got some shit to do yeah yeah. Um, so she leaves, and they're 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 fine. They're not like right. They're not like those cool buddies or anything. But. Yeah. He gets like super fucked up, and Will Ferrell throughout this movie does a really good job at looking fucked up. <laughs> yes. Like it's a slow thing. So then these kids steal shit off of his lawn, and he chases them off the lawn. And when he stands up, his pants are he had just pissed his sweatpants. Like he's yeah. just p- pissed himself, and that to me too was like. I don't know, man. That's fucking heartbreaking to me. It's not mm-hmm. funny to me. It was like sad no. to me that this is where he's at. It was almost sadder than his shit being on the lawn. You know, mm-hmm. like just one more added humiliation to mm-hmm. all the rest of the and shit. And I know that you and I have, well, I know that I have been there for sure, pissed myself. I never really peed my, I mean, I peed myself once when I fell through a hedge drunk, but I never <laughs> like fell asleep and peed right. myself, um, but I had to go home. But we've both, my... we've both woken up on the lawn, not in that, yes. not with our stuff, yes. but <laughs> like, yeah. I have passed out on the lawn and woken up in the morning. Like what the hell? Right. Ugh. And then, the, and then he, he goes to rinse off in his homemade shower or whatever. And that's when he sees his neighbor getting pegged. Oh yeah, by that's his wife, right. and he's drinking like a glass of wine, and the wife is like fucking the dude in the butt, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Stephen Root. Well, there you go, <laughs> Stephen Root, man. You fucking commit to that shit. And so this, it's, and there's this, this, and this sort of antagonistic relationship with that neighbor, and he goes over, and he's yes. like, now I know, so don't fuck with me, don't call the cops on me, and let me use your power. And yeah, exactly, your fucking electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of that happens. Um. And I think the next day, again, this all happens very quickly in the course of a couple of days. 
Um, yeah, he he's orders, still fucking getting hammered. He orders shit. some Chinese food, and the dude, the kid, brings it on a bike, which seems a little weird to me. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So he brings some Chinese food on the bike, and his neighbor see her. She sees him and comes over, and they they're kind of talking, and says, "Oh, can I fix you a plate?" And maybe that's, that might be the same night that, that he talks night. about sexually assaulting that girl. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that that's the same, same night. night. So let's because. The next day they're doing the sale and the kid's doing really good. Mm-hmm. Like they're fucking having a fast friendship. Because there's the whole scene where they're, he's he's like, you know what, you've done really good. Let me give you a break. And then he tries to teach him how to play baseball. Yeah, and, and he's playing baseball in the street. And he's still drinking, but he's kind of like yes. feeling. You start to feel this sort of like I've reached the bottom. And and again, it's an hour and a half movie, but um. <laughs> right. No, it's actually almost two hours. Is dude. it? It was like oh, yeah, okay. it's a long fucking movie. Okay. Um, because I was like. Yeah, anyway, th- there's a funny scene, there's a funny line in it where him and the kid are playing baseball, and then he says, why don't you play football? You have, like, you're born to be a whatever, some football position, the kid's like, my mom won't let me, and he's like, why don't you play soccer? And he's like, black people don't play soccer. <laughs> and then Will Ferrell's like, there's, there, what is it, there's whole continents of black people who play soccer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <It's> fun- <laughs> Which is absolutely the fucking truth. It's good, you know, it's, it's good. A line, yeah. I like that. Oh, and then so he is, is um, the kid finds all these oh, yearbooks, right? Yes, right. That's so, where we get Laura Dern. So up in this mix. Laura Dern. So he he finds this girl who apparently liked him in in high school, and there's high a phone school, number. Yeah. So he decides to yeah. call the phone number because that's a normal thing to do. And he's shit faced, mm-hmm. right? So he's like thirty it's years a great later. Plan. Great plan. So he calls yeah. the number, and it's her mom. You know, it's her mom, and and gets the number and gets her address, and he just shows up because that's fine. And Laura Dern opens the door and is kind of like. Um, you know what? Why don't you stay here and we'll talk outside? Because right. she's, she's totally, she's freaked out that this guy has just Who's wandered this up. Dude, I haven't seen in twenty years mm-hmm. who smells like a fucking homeless person, mm-hmm. probably because he's just been, he's gone through what, like maybe four or five cases of beer at this yeah. point, like three days. Yeah. And I, so they go outside and she's like, "Oh, we'll give the kids dinner outside," which is a very Arizona thing to do, very desert thing yeah, to do. Yeah, it is. They're eating outside. <clears throat> yeah. And um, so they're sitting out there. And they're talking, and she seems very sympathetic to his to his situation. And I wrote down one of the um, um, it was a very this line made it says a lot. And she just says to him, like at the end of their conversation, um, when you get yourself together, you should call me. We should get some coffee. Yeah, you know, like the basically it's pretty loaded line like right now you're fucked up man and i can't have you around me or my kids um and then also like we should get some coffee like we should get some yeah (laughs) you know motherfucker yeah also i was gonna say also Mm -hmm. she might be programmed but probably not but yeah 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 Um, i took a lot from that because she tells this whole story about um that like i guess her purpose in the movie is to show that he's like really impulsive and makes these weird plants and then rides his bike all fucking day to yeah. go see her to just drop by, which is crazy people shit. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like her purpose was to show that he was a good person inside, that he wasn't defined by his disease or defined by his mm-hmm. affliction that there was this. So then I had made a note that said, uh, you know, despite our alcoholism, alcoholism, you know, maybe he's a good dude despite his alcoholism. And I'm like, are we good people? with flaws or are we flawed people with goodness do you know what i mean like it was this weird fucking existent not existential but this weird philosophical idea i had in the moment where i'm like is he a good guy who has this giant a bunch of little flaws that make one big flaw or is he a very flawed person who has good qualities you know so man chicken or egg I well guess. i don't know if you're if you're if you're genuinely a good person well because right. we we try to look at it and not judge the human being right we just we judge the behaviors word you know we say that that is not a good behavior we don't say that you're a bad person but the way that you're behaving is bad now bad we've also said that even though you you can get rid of the alcoholism you may not be getting rid of the assholeism and that's where that's where it lies Mm -hmm. a lot of the problem for people like you and i well the (laughs) Mm self-centeredness and the selfishness and the flakiness and all that so then i was wondering like that's the way i kind of looked at it i was like i ultimately believe that he was a good person with a good heart who has a bunch of uh, mental illness and flaws and mm-hmm. we all have flaws and the, his biggest flaw in that moment during this brief period of time this movie takes place is his alcoholism 
Yeah. You know, and once he dries out for real, you know, then he's got to deal with all that other shit, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, that it's, it's tough, man, because yeah, you have to deal. It's, and again, I've said this before where I feel like the alcoholism was a, a symptom of larger issues. Like, you know, you said right. mental, mental health, mental illness, um, mm-hmm. problems with self-centeredness, a, um, you know, even a lack of spirituality, depending on who you talk to and, you know, what, right. what mm-hmm. program you prescribe to, but just finding right. a connection. And, and there's some, there's some videos out there you can watch about the, uh, like they say that the opposite of addiction is connection. And there, I think there was one that in a nutshell that Curtis said, you know, the, um, yeah, that rat city one. I, and I, I know, I know what you, I know what you, I know you don't really, you don't, you don't, you got some issues with the rat city, but yeah. maybe we should do a little talk on that one of these times. We should. I'd like to, maybe that'll be our, our YouTube, your mm-hmm. review, YouTube review. <laughs> um, so Nick Halsey, he, he talks to Laura Dern. He drives right. back. Um, he rides his bike back. Dude. He rides his, he rides that little kid's bike mm-hmm. back. But that's this is where the big withdrawal, like meltdown, fucking hard part. Th- this part of the movie was hard for me actually. And it like bothered me. Okay, and you want to tell me? Do you remember that scene? Tell me. I just, I mean. I... So he goes in to buy the beer. Doesn't have the money right. for the beer. Yes. The dude's amicable with him because he's always in there buying beer. He's like, you know, I can't run you credit. He's <sighs> being honest, dude. Like, hey, I'll get in trouble. I can't do this shit. He fu- he's like gets frustrated, fucking fucks off, tells him to fuck off, bounces. Like slams the this- beer on the counter. Yeah, I wrote it yeah, down. Yeah, like breaks mm-hmm. breaks a beer can, smashes it. But then he gets home and starts like the thing I've done a lot and it fucked me up like a little bit. Like it made me anxious is where you're searching for something to drink and there is nothing. There's yeah. nothing there. Well, even And you're looking and looking. Before he leaves the parking lot, there's the dude and he's like, hey, who's, who's coming out? He's like, hey, man. I just have, I just one, have beer. one beer. Yeah. Like I just yeah. want one beer, and it was like, yeah, very sad. And that scrounging yeah. around and trying to empty like empty cans and trying to get anything yeah. out of them. I've drank out of empty fucking old <laughs> cans. I've straight up done it. <laughs> I have, dude. Um, and there's that moment where it's this panicked, cagey fucking animal thing in him that he's like can't find. His brain is overloaded, mm-hmm. and it needs alcohol yeah like it needs it his body is overloaded and it's like give us booze mm-hmm. and you just there is none to be given there's none yeah that and that like really viscerally i felt that like i was like wow mm-hmm. that is yeah that was one of the moments at night where the lighting was really beautiful he's like sitting in that yes. leather chair and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be pitch black in a neighborhood and they have it lit in this way that it's kind of like shining right on his face in the side of the chair mm-hmm. and it, it was really beautiful cinematography i don't know who did it but, right um we should we should give them props. Yes, on our little podcast. lots of props, yeah. and that's when the neighbor lady from across the street comes over, and he's she hooks he, him up. He, dude. She looks at him and like you're all right, and he's like I need it, and he's like I need a drink. Like he's so desperate. Like yeah, it's that's just, uh, it's just hard. Yeah. I just need a drink, and it's his first night sober since he mm-hmm. since he fell off, and um she comes over and gives him a couple of Valium and a glass of water, and she's like this will help take the edge off, and <clears throat> and it does. Um, it does, but yeah. then he it does kind of fast too. It trips me out mm-hmm. that scene. But go ahead, so, carry on. And and that just might be a cut, you know, to move the story along a little of bit. Of course, but, yeah, it absolutely is. But he but. says like he starts talking about like, well, where's your husband? And <clears throat> I know who you are. I know what kind of person you are. I know what kind of person your husband is. And he's off taking care of a, a deal. And he left his pregnant wife to come move this house yeah. all by himself. And, he, and he's a fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. You're an old man drinks. Mm-hmm. I bet you he drinks right. And yeah. So, and she's like, you know what? Fuck you. I can't believe you said all this shit. I thought we were friends kind of thing. Um, and he's basically destroyed the, the last relationship, you know, that even kind of an acquaintance he's, there's a telling thing in there too, dude, Mm -hmm. because he says, what kind of man lets his (coughs) pregnant wife move across the country and what kind of woman would stay with a man like that. And then I was like, ding, ding, ding. I know exactly what kind of woman would. A fucking enabler. Mm-hmm. And we love enablers because they're alcoholics. And right. Anybody who will enable us to continue in our behavior, they're gold. That's mm-hmm. why they have Al-Anon, you know, because yeah. they kind of teach these people, right? So Not to be enablers. I, in my notes, it even said, an enabler, we love them motherfuckers, right? <laughs> and then he says, get curtains. And she's like, why? So I have some creepy drunk staring at me. He goes, no, so you don't see your future. You don't look out the window and see your fucking future, yeah. which is very telling, you know, because he's like, 
continue down the path of this man the way you're going and this is it right here you know so he like, gets a little bit of relief from this valium and the first thing he does is lash out to her word blame blame the victim blame the enabler blame the person who's being held hostage by supposedly we don't even know you know but right in we don't his know mind, if this dude's a drunk or what it, yeah uh-huh. of like yeah. the and hostage that's a big... mm-hmm. no go ahead Sorry. just that 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 idea <laughs> of like i I'm so hurt, and the only thing I can do is to lash out and hurt somebody else, and make sure you know right. how I feel. And it's really it was a that was a hard one to watch too, because I've said yeah. things drunk that I've you know certainly regretted to people I cared about. And absolutely, dude, he's just scratching at the lid of his coffin at this point. He's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're just in like trapped, and so you just lash out. It's like a wounded animal. You just bite out at anything near you because you don't know, you know, but I, apparently that in the movie is his big cathartic moment, I guess mm-hmm. the catalyst. Cause I even mm-hmm. wrote in my notes later on, like, well, what was the catalyst there? Because that like was his rock bottom. Yeah. That was as bad as it can get. He, he's fucking all alone. destitute. She takes three beers out of a kayak and throws them at him. Yeah. Like she finds, she knows where his stash is. Right. Cause she's know? been watching him. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a squirrel, like stashing fucking right? PBRs in a fucking kayak. Yeah. Hell yeah, I used to do yeah. that too. You never yeah. know, man. And you stash them from yourself, and then you're like stoked when you find them again, or you forget about them, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, and then you're roly- fucking roly-poly around <laughs> looking for them. Yeah, dude. Um, and then, then finally we find out too, speaking of you know, flawed characters or people who are flawed people who do good things versus good people who have flaws he goes to the mm-hmm. police station to talk to his friend no, no, that's that's later is that later yeah because the next day he because okay the, yeah because in the in the way the movie the moves, you it. have your like you, low point high point so the next day he wakes up and he decides fuck this like unint- uh, not out loud but says basically to himself i'm done drinking so he starts drinking coffee in the morning and then him and fucking uh notorious lil l-i-l <laughs> They start selling all his shit, and he's like super personable and being very charismatic. Oh yeah, and, like, the little boy is being really charismatic, and they can they sell it all. They get it. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm selling it all." Even at the end, he sells the chair to the fucking weird. He just gives the that mouthwash weird mouthwash yeah. dude the chair, and the mouthwash dude like hugs him, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah, because I was like, "Well, what's the fucking catalyst here? What's the catalyst? What changed?" And I feel like they might have cut a scene out. Like it might have gotten worse hmm. than it was with him just fighting with this woman. Because what's any difference between this rando right. lady named Samantha getting pissed at him and his wife? I think you know? he just maybe in, in as far as the script writing goes, I would I would say in that moment it's like seeing that person of the the promise and the potential, you know, mm-hmm. and going like I hurt that promise and that potential, and Word. that was me, yeah. that was my wife, that was us. And I don't want to mm-hmm. do that anymore. You know, maybe I don't, I don't know, because also, even though he was he had Valium, that might have been his first night where he didn't have a drink and he had nothing to do. But think about Dried it, out. you know, yeah. to actually mm-hmm. dry out and think about the consequences of his actions and his words. Again, we're condensing this down to a very short film, but right. And also a brief period of time, because what does he do all the next day? If he's just drinking coffee, I'm like, what? And that, that dude should be shivering like a fucking <laughs> leaf right now. Mm-hmm. He must have gotten some more volumes to get through that day. Because yeah. you know? at the end of the thing, he tells the woman, he apologizes to her. And then um, he she takes him out to the Mexican food place. That's right. To dinner. And that's where I call it the dentist test. Oh, yeah. He, he suffers through the dentist yeah. test. You know? Yeah. Um, so they go out, they have a big celebration cause they sold everything. And so it's, it's little notorious. It's, uh, Will Ferrell yeah. and, um, it's, uh, Samantha and, uh, the prego lady and, um, Samantha and, uh, yeah. they go to the Mexican restaurant and he's, uh, Will goes into the, Nick Halsley goes into the, um, um, into the bathroom, the bathroom. and, uh, Dennis is there. And his old boss is there and start is like, oh, yeah, we're out with the boys and blah, blah, blah. And he kind of tells him this whole thing. He's like, man, if you wouldn't have stabbed the, the tire, you could have kept your job because apparently that woman made false accusations and it wasn't you at all. Right. And is like kind of rubbing it in that you're just a fucking right. loser. And right. gosh, you you didn't have to be such a loser. Um, and he leaves his beer on the bathroom counter and he walks out. And so. Right. Will Farrell looks at the beer and like there's a moment where you're like, is he going to fucking slam it? Because, you know, 
why not? It's there. It's beer. And he, he walks away from it and he picks it up. Right. And then the yeah. next scene, he puts it in fr- back in front of Dennis at the bar. Like here, you forgot this. And that's yeah. the triumph, right? Of the test that's passing it. That's it's weird, right? Cause that is the triumph of like, I am a sober fucking dude. Like I've, that's my big first test. And that's like, we all face these little tests when we mm-hmm. hit sobriety and recovery, you know, early sobriety. You're like, fuck dude. Like, or you have these tests because those people that you used to kick it with are usually really good friends or family members. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And they're, so they're still around while and out. Yeah. Right. Right. So then you think he passes the first test. This is when he ends up at the police station. Right. Uh, I think she drops him off at the cop shop. So he goes to talk to Michael Pena. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then the phone rings, and it's of course his wife has the the Japanese ringtone because mm-hmm. it's all koi fish and everything's all Japanese. It even says we've been to Japan twice. He talks about how they have right. his money and shit. And then he he picks up the phone, and his wife's like, "Yo, Frank, I'm at your place. Like, let me know, you know, What's hello." And so he hangs up, right? So him and Michael Pena get into it, and it turns out Michael Pena is just I, I'm not quite sure. If right? he's sleeping what, with well, his wife now or I, not? Now but... I am sure. But during the scene, he's like, well, maybe she's just at his place because he's a member of the. Yeah. Right. He's a member of the same group and they're both sober. But then he they fucking have an altercation. He's like, you piece of shit. She deserves better than you. And I told Uh her to fucking leave you. So then you're like, oh, Michael Pena is peeling it off on fucking Will Ferrell's wife. That's (laughs) not cool. That's kind of a shitty AA member thing to do. Right. And And this is when the movie started kind of bugging me. (laughs) Why is that? Well, because, and even in my notes, I'm like, Michael Pena is a shitty sponsor and a shitty AA member. And then I was like, (laughs) there's this weird flex, right? And he does this thing. So he's like, all right, cool. They fucking have their fight. And then they're in the car and they're driving in the car. And he just hands him an envelope. And he's like, here's the keys to the house. Here's some fucking money. She's going to be serving you with divorce papers. She wants a divorce. So Mm -hmm. fucking good luck. Right. And then Will Ferrell's like, I need to get out of the car. So he's like, all right, cool, later. And in my mind, I think from one alcoholic to another, whether or not you're fucking somebody's wife or the sex is great or you love this person more than anything in the world, why would you fucking leave a newcomer-ass fucking sober dude out on the streets with a fucking envelope full of money after telling him devastating news? That's fucking horrible. That's awful. That bothers me because I'm like, so either he goes out and he goes back out again, which in this point you are kind of directly responsible for it because you have given him money <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and left him alone tell him by the way i'm fucking your wife and she's gonna leave your ass for me here's a bunch of money or figure it or he goes out and he sh- fucking shoots himself or jumps off a bridge do you right. know what i mean because there's your fucking bottom right there you know so i called that the michael pena test and mm. i was like was he gonna pass the michael <laughs> pena test which of course he does you know because we need a high note this movie would have been a very different movie if he just jumped off a freeway overpass <laughs> you know yeah but I thought that was a really yeah. shitty move. Like I thought that was a fucking like he should have he should have gotten him home or done something or. <sighs> yes, dude. Listen, I know that shitty stuff happens within the rooms, right? And mm-hmm. I know that shitty shit happens within the program. We're all fucking alcoholics. We do not have. We're not a, a hotbed of mental illness or whatever <laughs> they health. call it. Mental health. Uh, sorry. So I know that we don't know how to speak to each other sometimes or how to navigate the problems of life but i just felt like i didn't feel like it was irresponsible i felt like his character was acting irresponsibly the portrayal of it was fine for the drama of the movie right you know you needed that because will ferrell at the end needed to have no ties right they wanted his character to be Be reborn by himself without this woman who seems a little bit superficial you know what i mean she's kind of one-sided you don't you hear her voice once in the entire you don't know her she's kind of a Mm non-entity you know it's just more him like being sad over the loss of this thing right you know so i was like damn dog that's a fucked up like you Mm -hmm. you're a fucked up dude dude like you're a fucked up sponsor you're just a fucked up AA member dude right Yeah. To do that, to, to allow that to happen to somebody else, like right there. Yeah, I can you see know, that. Maybe I mean, you maybe shouldn't be like fucking Will Ferrell's wife that off too. the bat. But if you really want to fuck her, like maybe figure that shit out. Do you know what I mean? Before like he goes into this alcoholic spiral. Mm-hmm. There's some Especially other stuff. If you sponsored his ass. There's some dude. behavior beyond um, drinking and alcoholism that's going on there, right? Yes, dude. So exactly. There's just some. There's just straight there's whack some, there's asshole some shitty, shit bad behavior on this guy's part regardless yeah. of his of his standing in sobriety yes um yeah dude. and 
So so he he goes back to the house and I I assume we don't really see it. I think he he like reads the divorce papers, he looks at the money and he's kind of in the house and he's like, "Okay." And I think that's almost to the end. It kind of leaves it a he little open-ended. It, right? it is, right? Cuz he leaves so this is this ending can go two ways because he leaves everybody some shit. He leaves um my notes say he leaves a buttload of Playboys for Stephen Root because right. he does. He leaves something. There's, right. Yeah, he makes amends, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's kind him of? making amends, maybe. But then he mm. leaves uh, the baseball for Kenny and all the money because he's like, "Yo, I've been skimming your money for beer money, so here's the rest of that money." <laughs> here's the rest of the money asshole. you made from the uh, from the right. garage sale. And then he gives uh, Samantha all the records. And earlier in the movie, he had given her a Polaroid. That's right. right. And so. So him giving all this shit away, because this is the last of it, he's leaving his house, could go one of two ways. It's either now he's out into the world, he's going to live this new recovered life, maybe leave Phoenix, go somewhere else, maybe just leave the neighborhood, leave Scottsdale, and go to meetings in fucking downtown Phoenix, <laughs> who knows. Or or he's, or he's going to kill himself. Or he's going to you know, do a leaving Las Vegas sh- kind of thing. Or Yes, exactly. And they leave it like, wah, open, like you, you don't know. You yeah. know but, but the music is hopeful. It's probably a little xylophone or ukulele There's or some a su- shit, beautiful so sunset like, at the very end. Yes. And she gives him the Polaroid, which is like a really beautiful gesture, right? Yeah, it's him the, like uh, dressed with up. The, um, yeah, with the baseball hat, mm-hmm. but it has the uh, fucking um, fortune cookie, the fortune on it. And what did the fortune say? Did you write that down? Everything is not yet lost. Yes. Bam. So right. Like, it's a very even, hopeful, like right now I'm feeling yeah. hot. It's My a eyes are feeling hot ending. right now. You yes. know, you get the feeling that I, he's gonna he's gonna try again because he has before, so he knows the difference between being low and being high. He knows the difference right. between being sober and being drunk. Word. So we we so we're led to assume. It, we are mani- manipulated. We're pushed by the movie into the positive aspect. But my dark ass is like, oh, this is it, dude. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah, I didn't even but, think uh, about that. Yeah. I mean, I. but seriously, like, I teared up at the end. Like, I got hot in my face. I was like, oh, that's beautiful because he reconnects with this person. Mm-hmm. And it's a true connection without romance, without anybody being attracted to anybody. They totally left out all those stupid Hollywood tropes because I hate that. I yeah. hate romance in movies where it doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Like action movies you throw romance in there it fucks the whole movie up I don't want to watch your stupid movie anymore I don't care like let's just do action we don't gotta be in love right you know so anyway this is a tangent I'm going on don't want to ruin your so Fast I, and Furious movie with some- nah man I can't you know you know I can't do it I just, I've never seen uh, one in my uh, life and I never neither. will we will not be reviewing Fast and Furious you might by yourself or you can get a guest on but right. I'm not I can't mm. fuck with it man yeah, it's just gross. But Ugh, so, like, so what did you? How did you? How did you like the movie on the whole? I gave it like a thumbs in the middle. Like there were thumbs up parts I thought were great. There was some good humor in it. I there was the funny. I like the mean funny parts because I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like there were times where it got a little too heavy-handed and i felt like its portrayal of alcoholism in some aspects was accurate at least in my experience and some instances totally wildly inaccurate i felt that it was really truncated too like it was and of course yeah. again i understand as i'm watching it that you have to fit this into an hour and 40 minutes hour or whatever, and a half hour and a half right a movie that people can go watch in the theaters because will ferrell's in it right, right? so they're like oh that's the guy from anchorman it's right. 2010 mm-hmm. you know and or so 11. I just felt like they they kind of hit all the marks, but it was super quick. Mm-hmm. And there would have been again. So I understand that. That being said, I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was entertaining. Um, I think there are better Will Ferrell movies. I think there are better um, drunk movies. Movies drunk drunk yeah alcoholism alcoholism movies, movies. Yeah. movies. But I feel like it is. I'm probably with you. It's it's yeah. It's not going to change your life, but if you got to eat a sandwich and need an hour to kill, mm-hmm. if you're going to eat a sandwich really slow, <laughs> go for it. Watch it. Yeah. I like to watch TV when I eat lunch, so, you know. So I think it's I think it's worth checking mm-hmm. out if you're interested in uh, in uh, recovery or, you know, alcoholism a, movies. A, a dramedy. A dramedy. A dramedy about yeah. recovery. Yeah. And if you really want to see what, like, the most boring, normal shit neighborhood in Scottsdale, <laughs> Arizona, because Arizo- Phoenix, Arizona, I'm sorry, Phoenix listeners, but god damn, dude, your city sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes it's nice. I have family that live there, and I love them. I have really good friends that they live do there. They good but hot just dogs. just in general. Yeah, but they do better hot dogs in Tucson. So. <laughs> well, they, and in Nogales. There you go. Because those Sonoran hot dogs are from Nogales. I'm from Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nogales, Sonora, y que... 
But um, I yeah, you know, I thought it was all right. What, what two were we stars, gonna, we were two and a half stars. The thumb in the middle. Yeah, we'll give it middle. like let's see, two stars out of five. Yeah, two and a half out of five. Let's say it sits right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was hot garbage, but I also wasn't like didn't think it was a hot big shit. Fucking, yeah, I wasn't gonna live my life by it. I'm gonna forget all the quotes. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not going to be quotable. It's not going to make me cry too hard. I mean, no. I got hot. But, I got a know. little. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because well, yeah, there but I moments. I cry at movies all the time. If we do this again, there'll probably be another movie where I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking mess, dude. You know, I can't even talk about it. But we'll see. Um, no, it was cool. Cool. It was, like, it was meh. Meh. Yeah. The, yeah. I give it a rating of meh. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, um, we'll do this again. What do you think? I think. I think that it was. I think it was just fine. Yeah. I mean, I maybe a little above meh. I think I gave it a little more credit than right. you did. I wasn't as critical at some of those parts, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that you were, and you brought up some points I didn't think about. So right. I would go. Oh. I was like sitting there taking notes. This also interesting fact is yes. based off a Raymond Carver story. And who's Raymond Carver? Called. He's this an alcoholic writer okay. actually, and a a poet and a playwright. He was like a really I think he was a uh, a New Yorker dude. I know the like, name. Not from but, New York. Like he yeah. would write in the New Yorker and shit. Mm-hmm. And it was a story called Why Don't You Dance? And it was from a book of short stories called What We Talk About When We Talk About Love. Oh. I want to read the short story now. Yeah, so me I'm gonna too. Find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. the interesting thing. So we had some facts in it, right? Will Farrow, Biggie, Lil 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 Biggs. We'll mm-hmm. call him Lil Biggs. What's his Samantha. name? Was his name Kevin? Larry? I can't. Uh, you said Chris. Christopher Christopher C J Wallace. That's right. In the movie, his name is in the movie. His name is Kenny. Kenny. And in our uh, cinematographer is Michael Barrett, who did uh, cinematography for Ted, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, <laughs> CSI. Gotti. Well, look, maybe, the Gotti you with, know, um, here's the thing. The Gotti with, uh, what's his name? The, the closeted gay dude. Um, Travolta. Mm. Yeah. See, here's the thing about that. CSI, that's where he got those sunsets. All that, like, harsh, right. that, not yeah. harsh, but, mm-hmm. like, high contrast lighting. It worked beautifully uh-huh. in the movie, I thought. So, yo, and it's the CSI with Ted Danson, too. So it was CSI Las Vegas, but I guess Ted Danson was in it at one point. Don't get fooled again. Don't get fooled again, <laughs> no, that's dude. but uh, right on, man. Yeah, cool. Well, thank well, cool, you guys man. for listening, and yeah, um, thanks for yeah. We'll see you next time. We're at the movies. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at A is for alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later.